0: Hello and welcome to this Footprint Sustainability Symposium in association with Nestle Professional. My name's Nick Hughes, Associate Editor at Footprint, and I'm delighted to be joined by an expert group of guests to discuss the future of talent in the hospitality sector. Over the course of the next 45 minutes, we'll tackle some critical questions, such as why are we facing such a talent shortage, what impact is it having on businesses, and what measures can we take as an industry to ease the immediate labour crisis and in the longer term make the hospitality sector a more attractive place to build a career. I'm delighted to be joined by an expert group of guests, so let's meet them. Julia, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Um, Yes, I'm Julia Jones, uh, head of B2B marketing at Nestle Professional. Um, My role uh, at Nestle Professional has a number of different areas, but for this conversation, the um, part that's most relevant is about the corporate brand Nestle Professional and our top door competition. Um, So yeah, I guess one of the one of our key aims is to really help partners unlock a sustainable future of which talent is key to a sustainable hospitality industry in the future. Uh, so yeah, really nice to be here today.
0: Thanks, Julia. And Amanda?
1: Hi there. Thanks, Nick. Um, my name is Amanda
2: McDade. I'm National Head of careers and Education for the Springboard Charity. Um, so the Springboard helped disadvantaged and unemployed people of all ages and backgrounds and walks of life to consider a career in the hospitality industry. And we work with them to equip them, give them the skills, knowledge and information they need to help secure that career.
0: Thanks, Amanda. And Sophie?
2: Good
3: afternoon. My name is Sophie Taylor. I am a budding chef at the New Adventure of Glen Eagles, which is the townhouse set in the glorious Edinburgh city capital. Our mission is to bring local produce all around Scotland and bring it to the city centre with um, influences across the world just to make sure that that flavour is modern, bold, but still part of that sustainability and
4: ecological effect.
0: Great. Thanks, Sophie. And finally, John.
4: Thanks, Nick. Um, I am a food and beverage lecturer, but also I am the chair and founder of Bridging the Skills Gap, which is all about bringing education of hospitality closer together with industry and to see how we can make, obviously, the industry more sustainable in the sense of talent, but also how we can bridge that gap of the talent that's missing. Great.
0: Thanks, John. Well, let's just provide some context around the scale of the labour challenge facing the entire food sector. Actually, it's not just the hospitality sector. Um, A recent report from the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs Committee of MPs found that one in eight food sector roles is currently unfilled. That's half a million out of 4.1 million workers. And those shortages are across the entire food supply chain, from farm workers to butchers to vets, HGV drivers, and specific to our sector, both back and front of house roles, including chefs and waiting staff. Um, And we've heard reports of food service businesses having to cut their operating hours, close outlets, even reduce menu options to try and cope with this staffing crisis. And in terms of what's driving the shortage um, in labour, the EFRA committee concluded it was largely a combination of COVID and Brexit, which I'm sure is the case in the short term. But for the hospitality sector in particular, there are also longer term structural challenges, aren't there, at play in in attracting talent and and retaining that talent within the sector, which we'll explore now. So, So, Julia, perhaps I can start with you. Uh, Nestle is doing a piece of research to identify some of the main barriers to a career in hospitality and then what can the sector do to present itself as a good long-term career option. Um, We'll come to some of those solutions later on, but but what did you identify as some of the main barriers to a career in hospitality?
1: Thanks for the question, Nick, and I think it is a a, a fundamental um, question and really need to understand exactly what's what's going on here. So yes, as you say, we did a piece of research um, and very much found that um, you know you've got some key influencers here um, and are we talking to those those influencers so um so you know it's about getting the young person to understand what this sector is about um, parents are very much part of the the, the, the influence for for the young their young person um, parents and carers uh, so engaging with them is really important teachers having the right sources of information um, and career advisors. Um, So I think those are, you know, some of the things we found in terms of why people aren't or, you know, the the people who can influence so that we have um, have people coming through in the long term. Uh, But then if we also couple that with um, with things like the uh, with the educational system on the understanding of food and beverage with things like the A-level being taken away. Um, in I think it was back in 2016. That's a fundamental problem. Um, And then in generally in schools, there's a lack of education um, on on food. If you're not if you're not inspiring them from a really young age, how actually are we going to get this passion? Um, And that can lead to a long term kind of hindering, um, inspiring young people to come into the industry. Um, and that affects hospitality it has to and the other sectors that you just talked talked about um, so that bit wasn't the specific part of the research we did that, that was more about understanding the influences and understanding how can we positively bring people into the sector but I think that um, that the the a level and the general education on food in schools is a critical factor um, and I know the, um, the uh, other panelists here will be able to add an awful lot more to to that
0: yeah uh, great I mean Amanda from your experience at Springboard what what tends to be young people's perception of a career in hospitality?
2: Yeah, there seems to be a real um, disconnect between the kind of um, a young person's perception of hospitality and the exciting reality of a career within hospitality. So young people will um, often think of the hospitality roles that they've seen when they're out and about. So if you ask them what, you know, what is hospitality? What is, what does a career in hospitality look like? They might mention waiting staff. They might mention a chef. Um, but they don't understand the real breadth of the exciting career options they can have, as well as the kind of fast progression that they can make within the industry. So I think it's really important that what we need to be doing is supporting young people in getting that information across. So getting people who are in the industry excited about their career, passionate about what they're doing and linking them up with schools, getting them to go into schools, getting young people out of schools and into the industry to see what it's actually about. And I think that's where we need to start. And I I just wanted to reiterate what Julia was saying around parents. Parents are the number one influencers of a young person's career decisions. And it's really key that we also get those messages to them because there's a lot of kind of long-held, outdated perceptions of our industry, um, which the industry is changing. It is is more vibrant. even just Sophie's introduction earlier about being a passionate young chef within the city of Edinburgh, that, you know, that there is a, a vitality and a vibrancy around our industry that we need to, to get across to young people and their influencers.
0: Yes. Well, Sophie, you're at the start of your career in hospitality. What
3: attracted you to the sector? I think, to be honest, it was at a very young age. I always knew that that was what it is. So I always I always had that passion distilled within me. But I knew a lot of people within my age group um, when we were in high school and learning within the education that a lot of them still didn't know what they wanted to do. And it was very much, oh, you must go to university, you must do a job. And if you brought up anything that was like performing arts or in hospitality or being a chef or waiting, they're like, oh, well, that's not a real job. It's trying to fight that stigma and even sort of prove them that there is so much in this industry that, like Amanda said, that, not many people know that there's so many different alleyways and different things. You don't necessarily have to be cooking in a kitchen or serving the food or shaking a cocktail. There's media now, there's social platforms, there's so much to do with it. And I just think breaking that boundary will just make sure that this industry will become more successful.
0: Julia touched on education, Sophie. Um, what was your route into the, se- uh, into the sector? in terms of qualifications or in terms of, uh, you know, where you started?
3: From an educational point, I was probably class clown, very stereotypical. Like I could not, I could didn't want to be in the classroom. I Any chance I could, I was walking away from it because it was just like, I knew instantly, I was like, this is not good. This is science, not for me. Um, so I was fortunate enough to have a meeting with a university lecturer that partnered with my local college um, where they get you that degree and put you in the experience but with also education behind it and you got to build that while being part-time in school and I got to see all aspects I got to do um, like on a Wednesday and a Thursday uh, through after doing my subjects I would go out and do an events with Hits Scotland, um, different charity events, stuff parts of Preston Field and big hotels just to sort of see and understand what it is and that's where I grasped it and just went through and they were like, "Listen, we've got full-time college courses available about culinary and hospitality. If you want to do that, and I just followed that, and I've just sort of landed here now. But it's it was just it's all about those teachers and those lecturers putting through that passion and just showing those kids, like, listen, I know you don't really know exactly this world is massive and there's so many opportunities, but hospitality you'll never you'll never get bored, and it's just it, I've grabbed so much from since.
1: Can I ask you, Sophie? Did you have any?" Um... Any, any barriers pulled up by parents or family or friends? To
3: be honest, from my, my standpoint, I know from other my friends and family, a lot of them um, weren't necessarily supportive of their career choices. But for me, my parents and my family have been everything. And they are like, as long as you're happy and you know exactly what you do, want to do, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. But as long as you know, that's exactly what you want to do. And I think that was so important to putting me to where I was. And they are still so, so supportive to this day.
4: I think, I think also what Sophie said, where I said the parents are behind them, I think that is essential. From a, a hospitality lecturer's point of view, I have had students that have actually come and joined and have done their first year in hospitality. They've got to the end of the first year in hospitality and the, 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 they've said to the parents, oh, I've got this job as a, a, a waiter or a waitress in this really decent hotel. And they've said, no, you need to be a chef because I don't want you being a servant and it was the attitude of the and, and if she was like, oh, they were like, I was like, you're not a servant. You're a, you're, a, you're a skilled person. You know, you've got to learn how to do wines. You've got to learn how to make cocktails. You've got to learn how to do all the bar. You've got to learn how to deal with food. You've got to learn the setup, the service style, all that kind of concept. So I can see where people are saying that the barrier is the parents massively. And that's the reason why Sally Beck sent, set up the Hotelier's Charter, was because basically, her daughter's friend was going to come and work experience with her to to the hotel at the Royal Lancaster, and the mother of the of the, the friend's daughter said, "Oh, we don't want you being a servant. We don't want you, that. That's that's not a proper job." And she was like, "No, it is. <laughs> I'm a general manager of this hotel, and it is." And and. That was where the hotelier started because she, she wanted the hotels to have that charter to say that we are going to progress our people. We are going to give it a career and we are going to make it a career and not just a job. You know, I think it also linking with the teachers in the schools is essential. I set up a, a whole portfolio when I was at Tameside, which I've just left, with along with the uh, Food Teachers Association and linked with so many school teachers that we had schools coming into the restaurant and people were like, Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be like this isn't this great you know so I think it is again a bit of the miscommunication of the school and also the parents so yeah that's that's my standpoint on the education and the bridge between the uh, the parents and and schools do, do we
0: feel that hospitality perhaps suffers from being l- Put in this box called unskilled labour, which actually, if you look along the food supply chain, a lot of roles are put in that box. When in fact, the reality is quite different. Whether you're a, you know, a meat butcher or a sommelier or, or whatever, it's it's skilled work. Yet it gets labelled as unskilled
4: massively. Because we, I mean, I said to some but a parent that came in and they were saying, "Oh, I don't want to to." I said, "But she knows how to do Garydon." I said, "Do you know how to cook at a table?" What do you mean? Well, exactly that. Do you know how to do crepes, Suzette? Do you know how to do steak, Diane? Can you carve a a pineapple at a table and then serve the pineapple up as a flambe? You know, and the same in the kitchen. And I'm sure Sophie will back me up on this. You know, it's do you know how to make a a chasseur sauce? Do you know how to make a bechamel sauce and then get all the other sauces out of that mother sauce? Do you know how to make a hollandaise and then turn it into a, you know, a, a different sauce from there? it's 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 all the concepts of understanding the background and if they, if they say it's not skilled i'm like well do, do you ask an engineer somebody who doesn't know how to engineer something to make something my brother's an engineer and i i wouldn't be able to go up to his lathe and make something off off drawing my brother can make anything and that's a skilled labor so if they can't do a flambe at a table or they can't make a, a basic source then why isn't it skilled really is frustrating sometimes.
3: I think John is 100% correct about that. Everyone sort of goes home at the end of the day after a busy day at the office and goes home and we all have to cook. We all have to make a meal and we serve it to our families. But it's it's making that connection of, yeah, you're serving a meal, but there's a whole experience that you're building that like from as soon as I serve that plate to the front of house staff, it's the wine pairing that they've sat them down at the table. They've taken their coat. They've made this whole grand gesture of, yeah, maybe just a small plate of food or whatever, but at the end of the day, you've paid for this massive experience which builds positivity and it's this positive mem- memory that's going to be sticking in your head for a long, long time and that's that's the important part of hospitality that we are sorely missing on. That's what the connect disconnect is and I think we need to make people realise that, yeah, we are serving a plate of food, but again, you're, it's the experience that you're learning and that's, that is the key skill.
4: I mean... Be honest. You, you look at what Sophie does. It isn't like take it out of a bad put, put it in a microwave, chicken al-a-ding, ding. Two minutes later, on the plate, it's it's made from scratch. It's made from fresh food. It's 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 passion, drive, motivation, and and love of that food that's been put into that dish. Whether it be Sophie or whether it be one of her colleagues, it doesn't matter. That's where that that element of skill and that element of understanding has has been is derived and then like sophie says the front of house staff how they speak to that customer how they give that experience if you go out of a restaurant and you've had a good experience you'll tell about four people you go out and have a bad experience you'll tell about 50 people and then that will escalate so at the end of the day a good experience stays in your heart whereas a bad experience comes out of your brain and, and the, that's where the skill is is to keep it into that that understanding that people will have that experience and that's where the reason why we are a skilled environment because you go out and have a good meal you'll pay a good price
0: if we think about how best to attract people to work in the sector what what should we be promoting as the benefits and what are the key messages that from your experience land best among young people when talking about a career in hospitality? Amanda, perhaps from your perspective?
2: Yeah, I think it's changing slightly. Um, When we think about this next generation of young people that are coming through um, into the industry, the things that they want From the industry are slightly different from the generation before, and so I think we need to um, take that on board and slightly alter our message. So before we would say things like you would have a job for life if you came into the hospitality industry. Obviously, COVID nineteen kind of put a spanner in the works slightly with that one. Yes, you will still have a job for life, but um, you know it's not it's not that kind of continuous work that we thought it would be. So I think thinking about some of the key messages that came out from the research um, that Nestle did, it was really quite important for young people to think about having a job where there's progression opportunities and also flexibility within that. And that's exactly what our industry offers. We hire young people based on their attitude. We will train them. There is lots of flexibility. If tomorrow Sophie decided she didn't want to work in the kitchen but wanted to work front of house, there'd be opportunity for her to to move and to learn new skills there. And that's something quite unique to our industry. It, It gives a young person the opportunity to in to see a hotel environment and try out different roles to see what suits them but also within that there are real opportunities with young people with the right kind of attitude and the building of skills to be able to progress quite quickly into um, higher roles within the industry and um, which will help support them financially which is something really important to this generation as well as it is to all of us. Um, And I think those are the kind of key things. Also, more so, young people are looking for a work-life balance. So there's definitely some work that we need to do there as an industry to be able to support that. Obviously, um, hospitality has been traditionally the longer hours and, and all of that. And I think that's something that we need to look at, is there better ways in which we can, We can work. We can't guarantee that you won't be working longer hours, but is there other ways in which we can support so that you have a better work life balance? And so these are the kind of key things, but I think it's one thing for us to be saying that to a young person. It's far more powerful for us to be getting young people who are already in the industry into the schools telling their story. So a young person is going to respond to a young person in the industry who's a couple of years older than them given their experience of how they got into the industry, what their day-to-day um, experience is like, um, the training that they're, they're they're receiving, the mentoring, the support, all of these great things that our industry offers. I think the power is in getting those people who are already in the industry to, to relay those messages across. So I would love to be able to see more of that happening. Um. Within Springboard, we have a network of ambassadors. So that's people who are in the industry. They are people who volunteer their time with us to go into schools to do exactly that, to support and and colleges as well, uh, to go in and support, talk about their um, roles, champion the industry as a creative choice. And I think that's the way forward to be able to um, make that connect with young people coming coming through. And... uh, also, just to kind of touch on the fact that it's absolutely essential that we do that. I know we're not talking about Brexit or COVID-19 or any of that stuff that could kind have of impacted the, the industry. But because of that, we are left with having to now um, 100% um, support young people um, through, through the, the, uh,
1: the ranks totally agree with everything everything Amanda said and that's a brilliant summary of some of the findings from the research as well um, The we also saw that just over 60% of young people in the industry today love it and nearly 35% said it's okay and 4% not enjoying so there's clearly room for improvement and if we want to have those young people convincing young people and parents convincing um, young people then then yeah we need to address the Address the barriers um, and talk about those real positive um, things about the industry, but at the same time, being being realistic where things are a, a challenge. Um, you know, where there are work-life balance um, concerns at the moment, we need to address those as an industry and make sure that young people can have that work balance that they that they they want from a role. So yeah, I think room for improvement, definitely, but, but lots of positives.
0: I wonder if there's a um, a point around business purpose and sustainability as well i was at a conference last week it was actually a manufacturing rather than hospitality but a lot of big employers were talking about how young people want to know that prospective employers have a purpose beyond profit and that sustainability credentials are very important to them when considering a job offer um, and i wonder whether employers could be doing more to tell a good sustainability story about the hospitality sector and how people that come into it can make a difference whether that's to the environment or, or socially
4: you're right there because i've had a couple of students go to a hotel group and one of the questions that actually got one of the the uh, students a job was how sustainable are you as a business because obviously sustainability is at the forefront of majority of industry platforms so um when she asked that that question, they, um, they could answer it. But also because she asked that question, they thought, this is a person that is not just thinking short term. This is a person that's thinking long term. And that's what they liked about that question and, and that, about that person. So they actually took that person on. And she was only halfway through a course. And she's actually just started on the 4th of July. She started with that company and is loving it. they are a very sustainable company they're looking they look at local produce and all all that kind of concept so so that they're reducing their carbon footprint but that was the reason why she also accepted the job was because they came back with the right answer
1: we actually just on the the point as well with um with footprint we've done a um a couple of reports the um one on diffusing the talent time bomb and one on empowering sustainability heroes which talk exactly about this so important to engage um, candidates at the interview stage um, and then through their action on the job so um, so once they're working for you allow them to be involved in efforts on sustainability and that will inspire and motivate them Um, I think yeah absolutely critical
0: Sophie Amanda touched earlier on career progression and and there being a clear route to progression do you feel in your current role uh, you've got a clear route to progressing through your organization and 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 do you feel you can achieve your aspirations within the hospitality sector
3: oh well well, 100% what Amanda said I completely agree on because as although I'm a chef now I was I'd worked previously at front of house for four years so I'd this sort of ch- new challenge and working at Glen Eagles it it gives me that flexibility and that um, rebound to move and progress through different sectors because hospitality isn't just one note it's constantly changing no day is the same and I think that what that does what inspire a lot of people and especially the younger sort of generation because they do notice that it's not just oh, okay sit at an office nine to five there's nothing wrong with that but I think because we have had those three years off people do want that life work balance and it's more about more life than work and working in hospitality you can get instead of the basic nine to five Monday to Friday you get to choose those days and maybe some of the hours might be a bit longer but you may inevitably only get four days on and three days off so that means more time to spend with family and friends so yeah it's definitely that note of Um, flexibility is the key word to spread but yeah 100% agree.
4: I also think from progression point of view and sort of like giving that what Amanda said we're getting people back into college so when I get my students starting at college I get old students that are in the industry and have been in the industry for years back in and, and so they can actually see a journey they can say I did this competition, I, I, you know, I've got a student that is was a finalist and a uh, and went into the UK squad and World Skills, and he's 26 now and he's a general manager of a 195 seat pub restaurant at the age of 26, running the show, loves it, he makes the work life balance because he's the general manager he does the rotor yeah if everything goes pear shaped he has to jump in but he realizes that, and I think. There's other students that have left and, and they've gone into the industry and where they're working, it's, it's a four day working week because of the, the style of restaurant it is. So they are getting a work life balance and they know when the days off are and they know how they can actually uh, get, get the life on track and they can arrange things. They can go and have family meetings. They can go on out with friends. But they ha- they can they can diarise those, but also there's the flexibility as well within the industry to say, well, I need that actually so that Friday Saturday off.
0: Do, do we need to address the subject of pay here as well? I mean, you know, this is it's a sector that works on very tight margins, and at an entry level, certainly, it has a higher proportion of people on minimum wage than perhaps other industry sectors. Um, are there things that we can do in terms of entry level pay and pay progression to make this? Um, a more long-term, attractive sector for, for young people to work in?
4: I think entry-level pay does need to lift, if I'm honest. Um, mainly because if they – I've seen it where there's, there is um, employers have taken college students on board and their entry-level pay is higher and they've kept them. But yet again, I've seen places that have given them minimum wage and then within – six months that student's looking for another job because they've heard that such and such a body has got a job of better pay or they'll say i can go and work at morrison's and i'm getting two pounds three pound more an hour than where i'm working at the restaurant i don't want to leave the restaurant because i love the job but the pay isn't enough so yeah it it is the entry-level pay and i think then the progression showing where the progression is then works,
1: and this was an area that our um, research very much confirmed as well. That um, that having a financial independence is really important. It was definitely coming up in that that top list. Not top, but it was in that it was in that that top list.
0: Julie, what what about skills? Uh, what are those coming into the sector equipped with the necessary skills, or are businesses like Nestlé having to do a lot of your own training and development once? People come to you.
1: I mean, I think the probably um, Amanda um, is, is maybe better to answer this question. The bit that I can answer on is um, is that we really try to support the industry um, in equipping young people with skills once they're in the industry. Uh, so our talk door competition um, has been has um, been going for is it, it was our, it's thirty fourth year this year, and that competition is very much about inspiring those young people within the industry and. Bringing them the skills they need to be successful in hospitality for the future. So, as a um, for instance, we um, over the last few years we've ensured there's a real good sustainability aspect within um, within the competition. So this year we took um, took the students and apprentices to uh, Dingley Dell um, Pork Farm. Um, and also Loddington Farm, both with regenerative agricultural practices, and they found that so um, so incredible. And they don't, they they haven't been getting that experience and those skills elsewhere. And then also we'll make sure that they're learning the business management skills and the social media skills that they're going to need for the future as well. Well, young people can probably tell us a lot more about the social media than, <laughs> but you know we do it as part of part of the sort of the, the the business plan as well. So we really equip them with those skills they're going to need for the. For the future, um, but yeah, I think in terms of the broad skill set, I think Amanda is probably better equipped to answer than me.
2: Yeah, I think um, the the key message that we say to young people is that the best skill they can possibly have for our industry is a positive attitude. Um, And that sounds very cheesy, but if you've you've got someone with the right attitude, you can train all of the other skills. And um, there is various things that, that, that are happening to kind of help support young people with skills, to come into the industry um, like julia mentioned the top door competition is a fantastic way to do that um, we also do a lot of work with with young people in schools through our future chef competition and we're now just launching another Um, initiative called Future Host for front of house service. And what we're trying to do there is really twofold. Get young people excited about cooking, get young people excited about roles within our industry and get them trying them out to see if they if they enjoy them. Um, And that often leads on to things like further work experience so that a young person can kind of gain some of those skills moving forward. But our industry is really keen on young people who are able to kind of um, project themselves in a positive way are have a good mental attitude are positive and people people and when we get that we can do anything with that um, I think obviously we would always encourage young people to think about their entry routes how do they want to get into the industry there's various ways to do that you can either go through straight from school on to Uh, into a job and learn your skill there or go on to a further education college which you know gives a real grounding um in the learning that you'll need for 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 moving on to industry and then there's obviously um apprenticeship opportunities which kind of are the best of both worlds if you like if you're if you're not sure um whether you want to commit to long-term learning or you're not sure if the industry is quite um you know for you you can kind of almost straddle that with an apprenticeship opportunity to be able to test various um, areas of the business as well. So I don't think that's quite the problem. I think the problem is, is that we need to be better at supporting young people through that journey, giving them as much information about our industry as possible so that they can make informed choices about where they want to go and really kind of shine a light on the industry as a career of choice. Um, we, can, we can work wonders uh, with, with young people um, and we can see them kind of progress through their skills and learning. Um, and quite often, you know, it's quite staggering to me. And um, when, I, when I think about the Future Chef competition that we that we run, um, you'll see young people coming back year on year. And I'm sure the same thing happens 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 um, with talk door as well and from from one year to the next you can see a huge change in their attitude the way that they conduct themselves even eye contact the way that they talk to you because they've had that experience you know they've been through the competition they've worked with people in industry they've been in a professional kitchen they've been working with chefs they've had to communicate in that kind of environment and when you see them coming through the competition again, they are like changed people. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to kind of expose young people to that kind of environment in a supported way so that they can begin to build even the social skills um, that are needed for our industry.
4: I think I think you're right there, Amanda. Um I can just back up back that up is the fact that I had a competitor in the top door. I had a young lad, Aaron, and he went to the semi-finals. But because of top door, he found his passion He'd done level one, two, and three in hospitality with us at the college. He was in his level three hospitality supervision. But because of top door, he's found his passion for mixology. And that showed on one of our theme nights with the Lowry Hotel. He's now got a position offered to him at the Lowry Hotel in Manchester. So that alone, just doing that competition and and, and having that, that skill shown has actually then emulated him into going. That's the the route I want to take. But it's it's like all competitions. World Skills will do the same, whether it be culinary side or whether it be um, on the front of house side. I've I know two people now that have got jobs through the World Skills program at Glen Eagles, and one of them is a Golden Scholarship winner of 2020. So, the skill base. Instills the passion the passion instills the drive the drive then instills the motivation to then climb the ladder and then you've, you get into the into the job roles
0: sophie it, it sounds like you were quite clearly set on a career in hospitality from a young age, but I wonder for um, you know for your friends and other uh, young people who perhaps were less certain what they wanted to do at fourteen fifteen sixteen, do you feel hospitality they would have felt hospitality was a viable career option. Were there, were there enough routes to entry into the sector at at a school age, um, or, or was it not really considered an option unless you had your heart set on a career in it, like you did?
3: I think from my perspective, it was very much it wasn't an op- it wasn't an option. It was just very much I was I was set in my way, so it, it, my mind wasn't going to get it changed. But I know a lot of my friends and colleagues. Um, from when they were at school they wanted initially were going to go off to university to be a lawyer and this and that and then they took on a part-time role in being a bartender or working as a waitress or even just um, being a KP or working alongside in the kitchen and they have just grasped that and they've changed their mind and now they're I know loads of them have now gone on to be head smelly head um head of front of house like housekeeping they're They're all like they're all over Edinburgh and even across some of them even travelled across the world just to ensure their passion for the industry. But, yeah, it's just it's trying to break that barrier. It's a strong point. But I have noticed a lot in the younger generation I've sort of spoken to recently that a lot of them, it it has become a lot more of an option. I think that has come sort of down to the sort of media that they're showing, especially social media. And as well as like production teams that make Great British Bake Off or like um, MasterChef, they see they see the sort of experience and what that actually is and they get a flavour and a taste for it. And just seeing that passion, it's just that little spark, that little switch, seeing, oh, it is a career and I can do it. It just it just it soars. It's like a roller coaster, they just it's only up. Um, so yeah, it's definitely
1: ensuring that little spark and that little bit of passion makes a whole lot of difference and then it also comes back to what we were talking about before schools need to have be equipped with the information to talk about this industry in a positive light when they're getting to those key stages in school um year nine year 12 whenever it is the um they need to have that that information which is sharing the different pathways um of of um, of how you can get into a career into of hosp- in, in hospitality, why you would want to, um, and what kind of strengths you need and, and and abilities. So if we can crack that bit, um, then you know the the future can look can look good. Um, but there's a lot of people to talk to to there. So we need ways to do that, um, which there are ways. In the the I mean Amanda can. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about um about the things that they're doing at springboard to to talk in the schools which is brilliant
4: i think the links with industry and education is massive because we had galvins at windows and peter avis come up to do a night at Tameside college and uh there was a, a level one student so just out of, out of school on his first year and he came down i was taking them for a lesson and they came down and did a masterclass with and uh peter said to him oh are you working tonight? And this one student said, no, I'm, I'm not. Uh, and he said, would you like to? And he goes, yeah. He said, well, I'll see you at seven o'clock in your uniform. And at seven o'clock, Peter was stood there. Customers were coming in and Peter was like, oh, he's not going to come back. He's not going to come back. And as soon as he said that, I looked across the restaurant and at the back of the customers, patiently waiting in the queue behind the customers was this young student, fully dressed in his uniform, ready to serve. And I said to Peter, I said, he's he's over there. And Peter went and saw him, pulled him round the queue. He says, you don't have to wait in the queue. He says, oh, I didn't want to be rude. And he pulled him through and he went through the night. He served the night. And at the end of that night, Peter Avis offered him two weeks work experience at Galvin's at Windows, housed in the Hilton Park Lane, paid work experience at the end of the college year. And when I spoke to his mum two weeks two a week or so later about the actual experience because it was being arranged she said i've never seen him so excited he came home he was jumping around the lounge what better can you have to say what hospitality does for people than that
0: yeah that's really interesting and i know other business sectors have have been quite successful at forging links between education and business and it sounds as though there's a lot of opportunity there for hospitality as well i wonder Uh, Is there more the government can do as well to help attract more people into the hospitality sector, whether that's through the curriculum, whether that's through targeted support and policies? Um, Is it doing enough currently? Amanda, perhaps you want to comment on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely not. It's not doing enough. Um, There's definitely a need to um, get some support behind the hospitality industry in general but also the education system that sits behind that so cutting out things like the a-level qualification um, schools not receiving enough support and um, home economics uh, departments closing down within schools is just adding to the problem so we really need something to change there in the government's thinking about how they view hospitality the importance that it has to the UK economy and also um, how we make it sustainable in the future. So obviously with all of the recent kind of impacts of Brexit and COVID-19, we've lost such a huge amount of our workforce and that is a problem. Um, So we need to be able to grow that homegrown talent If you like, so young people coming through the education system, we need to be able to be inspiring them. And what Sophie said about earlier on about you know um, seeing social media, seeing kind of um, things like MasterChef and the Bake Off in the in the kind of in the spotlight on TV and on social media really makes a big difference. So I would love to see some government-backed funding to be able to allow us to run a campaign um, right across. The, the industry, to highlight the industry and its vast array of careers and really to shine a light on that um, and to spotlight some some great kind of employers and to be able to just give young people that uh, information and their parents, etc. So yeah there's a lot I think there's a lot that the government could be doing. Um, and uh, yes, yes, I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
4: I think they could turn around and actually accept it's a skilled operation rather than saying it's it's a low skilled operation because it isn't (laughs) they need to put that image out that you you need skills to do this job and I think a, a government backing of like Amanda was saying get it back into schools and 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 pushing it out there in the schools and pushing it across to the parents saying you don't have to follow an A level route to get into this job because it's a skilled workforce that but you'll need the qualifications and the backing of the education sector to do it to get into the into the role i think that's an aspect
0: and if we, if we look back across the broader food supply chain as well it feels like uh, these issues, COVID, Brexit, and the government response has been stopgaps, really. It's been short-term fixes, whether that's through temporary visas or, um, you know, these kind of schemes. It feels like we need a long-term strategy, right, um, for, for for hospitality. I mean, I'm sure other sectors would argue for the wider economy. But what would, I mean, if, if we start wrapping things up, What what would be, if we had a long-term strategy for jobs in hospitality and careers in hospitality what is one thing you would like to see in that strategy julia perhaps i can start with you
1: i think it comes down to industry collaboration um you know there's a lot of a lot of businesses a lot of um a lot of passionate people in the industry um a a clubbing together um effort to be in schools with the right messages um Talking, um, using our mentoring abilities, and promoting the industry in in that in that positive light, and really really selling it. Um, And the critical thing um, that we've we've talked about here is highlighting the career progression and pathways. Um, If we can do that that as a as a collaborative effort, um, that can start to win in the long term.
4: I think what we need to do is we need to work with industry, get education and industry working together more closely but also getting the amazing people like Sophie like Amanda to get those people out there into the schools and say this is where we can get you this is a skilled role you know people like Amanda going out into the schools and saying this is my role this is what I can do taste my food demonstrations take them into the restaurants get the students down there for meals all that kind of stuff where they can actually see the tangible concept of hospitality and catering you know, going to a school, tell them to take over a restaurant for a day, tell them to take over a hotel for a day. I know they do it in colleges, but if you got a school and said, right, you're going to work with this person for for 12 hours or 10 hours and so on, they can see what the role is all about. That'll inspire them, that'll motivate them, that'll drive them, say, actually, I want to do this. I like this.
0: Amanda, one key thing to be in a strategy for the sector.
2: Yeah, I think there has to be some kind of um, campaign around the industry being a career of choice um, that showcases the array of careers that there are out there, the progression routes, the entry routes, that brings to life the industry that we all love and really champions it as a vibrant, exciting career choice for young people. And I think without that, um, we we can only chip away at little things. You know, if the industry can come together, if we can get government backing around uh, a kind of UK-wide campaign, I think that's a fantastic place to start. And then we can all work together uh, on on taking that forward and how we then kind of add value to that.
0: Sophie, uh, I'll, I'll give the last word to you. If you could um, perhaps sell a career in hospitality to people your own age or even younger than you how would you succinctly do that
3: i would just start the conversation by breaking the stigma of that hospitality is not a backup career it can be a first-hand choice and there's so many options and you just have to go for it just jump and trust your heart and you will not be disappointed
0: terrific thank you well we've come to the end of our time it's been a hugely insightful and enjoyable conversation Um, Clearly, there's challenges uh, in terms of attracting talent and retaining talent in the sector. But I think it sounds like there's also a lot of reasons to be positive and a lot of opportunity as well to uh, to improve. Um, So thank you to my guests, to Julia, to Amanda, Sophie and John. Thank you to Nestle Professional for sponsoring this Footprint Sustainability Symposium. And thank you for listening.